0: Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner and my friend, I've been waiting for you. And thank you for letting me come right into your space. Reach for your Bible because today we're going to be going all over the Bible. We're beginning a brand new series which is called How to Open the Window of Heaven Over Your Life. What the Bible really says about Giving This is such an important subject because what we do with our money determines how blessed we're going to be. And if we do right with our money, it will open the window of heaven over our life. And my friend, I know you want the window of heaven to be open over your life. So I want you to order this brand new five-part series that comes in multiple formats. And it comes with a wonderful study guide. And right now, we're also offering you my book called A Life. Do you have a copy of A Life Ablaze? Why not? This is a book you need, and you don't just need it. You need to read it because this book is loaded with the 10 essential fuels you need to stay on fire for Jesus to the end of your life. It's not the will of God for you to start on fire and then lose your fire. You can remain a life ablaze all the way to the end and go out in a blaze of glory. That's God's will for your life. But for you to stay on fire and to remain a life ablaze, you have to have 10 essential fuels that you're regularly putting into your spiritual oven so you remain on fire. And that's what this book is about. So please order yours right now by going online or by giving us a call. And remember that when you become a partner with our ministry, and a partner is anyone who regularly financially supports our ministry to help us take the teaching of the Bible to people all over the world. Never forget, there are people out there saying, God, please send me somebody with teaching I can trust. You're blessed because churches are near you. Teaching is available to you, but there are people who do not have that. And they're crying out saying, God, please send me teaching that I can trust. And that's what this program is about. And when you become a partner with our ministry, you help us take the life-changing message of God's Word to those people. And God will bless you for becoming a partner. And the moment you become a partner, we're going to send you my book called Life in the Combat Zone, which is dedicated to partners. And we're going to send you Denise's book called The Gift of Forgiveness. We believe these two books are so important that we want every partner with our ministry to have them and to read them, so we'll get them right to you. And please remember that we want to pray for you. As soon as you go online or give us a call, the moment we hear from you, we're going to release our faith for God to respond generously in your life. We're going to ask him to move, and according to Jeremiah... 33, verse 3. If we cry out to God in faith, He will hear us, He will answer us, and He will show us great and mighty things. And I believe that's what will happen if you'll give us a call or send us an email and let us know how to pray
1: for you. Then I'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Today I'm beginning
0: a brand new series called How to Open the Window of Heaven Over Your Life. And today's program is called A Generous and blessed life. And I want you to reach for your Bible and open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, which is going to be the anchor verse for this series. And in this verse, Jesus makes this remarkable statement about money. Listen to what he says. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The word where in Greek means exactly where in that very place You could translate it exactly where your treasure is, in the very place where your treasure is. The word treasure is the Greek word thesaurus. It describes a treasure, money, riches, or investments. So in the very place where your money is, where your investments are, where your resources are, Jesus says there will be your heart also. The word there in Greek is the word it means exactly there. And in this verse... Jesus clearly and simply teaches that money tells the story about where our heart is. Money is the great revealer of what is inside the heart. And what we do with our heart reveals how much we really love the Lord and love the work of the ministry. One person has said, you can give without loving. And that's true. You can. You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. Isn't that true? Don't you find that true in your own life that when you love somebody, you want to do something for them? You even want to be sacrificial for them. Why? Because your heart is there and your money follows your heart. That's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter six, verse 21, where your treasure is, that reveals where your heart is, there will your heart be also. But you know what's interesting? The mere mention of money really arouses different reactions from people. Some people become excited because they realize that this is God's way of blessing us, and when we're generous with God, God's going to be generous with us. Other people become sarcastic, and they say, ah, they're just after our money. And it's amazing to me that people really get upset if money is discussed in the context of ministry or the church. But you know, in life, the truth is, everybody's talking to you about money. For example, if you go to the grocery store, isn't it amazing? After you had such a wonderful experience walking through the aisles and putting things into your cart, you go to the register, and before you leave, they ask you for money. Can you imagine the audacity of that? Or how about if you go to a movie? Oh, you're so excited to go to the movie, and you stand at the cashier, and before they give you a ticket first, they ask you for money. Or how about going to a restaurant? After having such a marvelous experience and fellowship and your heart is so warmed, how does it end? They hand you a check and they ask you for money. Money, money, money. Everywhere you go, people are talking to us about money. So why would it surprise us that even God would address the issue of money? Jesus said money is the great revealer of what is in the heart. And this was so important that Jesus talked about money more than any other subject. The second subject that he covered more than anything else was the subject of hell. And isn't that interesting? The subject of money and the subject of hell are still the two subjects that people don't like to discuss. But Jesus talked about money more than anything else because money is such a revealer of what is inside a person's heart, how we spend it, how we save it, how we give it. It reveals a lot about who each one of us are. And again, Jesus said in Matthew chapter six, verse 21, for where your treasure is, exactly there where your treasure is, your resources, your money, your investments, your resources there, exactly there, Jesus said, your heart will be also, and his teaching on this subject is very, very clear. What a person does with his money reveals his heart. And if a person really, really loves the Lord and loves the work of the ministry, he's going to put his resources, he's going to put his treasure in the ministry or in the church because that's where his heart is. That's clearly. What Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 21. Before I get into this teaching, I want to give you my personal testimony. When I was young, I was a terrible, terrible giver. I had no faith about giving. I was afraid to give. I was raised in a wonderful home, but we did not have a lot of excess money in our home. And my father really struggled with the subject of giving. My mother would get so upset and she would say, Ronald, are we giving? And it was just a very tense conversation in our home. And because of that, I was not really taught to give. So when Denise and I got married and we became associate pastors in a great big Baptist church, the pastor began to preach On Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, which says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And if you understand that verse in context, it really is about giving. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And he preached it week after week after week, trying to drive this revelation into the hearts of all the church members. And I wasn't giving. And Denise would look at me, and she would say, "Rick, are we giving?" Well I didn't want to answer that question because I was embarrassed. So I would say to Denise, "How could you even possibly ask me such a question?" <laughs> tried to deflect the question so I didn't have to answer it. that the truth is, I was not." Giving, but finally, I came around to the fact that if I wanted to have a blessed life, then I had to learn how to be generous. You know why? Because God is generous with the generous. In fact, you should just say that God is generous with the generous. And praise God, I learned the secret of giving. My friends, it is not a burden to give it is a relief, it is a blessing, because when you're a generous, it opens the window of heaven over your life for God to be financially generous with you. And my friend, God himself is the example of generosity. When it was time for God to give to the world, he gave his son. God gave his very, very best. And my friend, God was, and God is still generous Think of how generous God is with you, generous in the mercy he gives to you, generous in the love he gives to you, generous in his patience and his forgiveness with you. Everything about God is generous, and I think that you're very glad about that. And Jesus was generous, and Jesus passed this generosity to his apostles. They passed it on to the early church, but I want to show you a verse that proves how generous Jesus was and that verse is Acts chapter 10, verse 38, a verse that especially charismatics love to quote. And I love it too. And listen to what it says How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. But notice it said he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Well, most people assume this is all one thing, that his doing good was healing. His doing good was delivering those that were oppressed of the devil. But when you read this in the Greek, it's quite shocking because these words, doing good, are a very specific Greek word that can only be translated one way. And therefore, in this verse, it can only have one meaning. These words, doing good, in Greek, are the very word for a philanthropist, one who financially supports charitable works, or a person who uses his financial resources to meet the needs of disadvantaged people, which means Jesus had a lot of money available to him and to his ministry, and he used those resources to meet the needs of people. He was generous, In the way that he reached out to those who were disadvantaged, which means in addition to his ministry of healing the sick and casting out devils and preaching the word of God, Jesus had an entire branch of his ministry that was philanthropic where they generously gave to meet the needs of disadvantaged people. That's Jesus. And that explains why he needed a treasurer for his ministry. And Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8 says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. If it was his heart then, it is his heart now. What he did is what he is still doing. And my friends, if Jesus was generous, we need to be generous too. And we find that generosity flowed in the early church. We read about it in Acts chapter 2. Verses 44 and 45. It says, And all that believed were together, and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men as every man had need. That verse follows the day of Pentecost. And when the power of God was poured out on the early church and God touched their hearts, they became spiritually alive. And when they became spiritually alive, they opened their wallets, they opened their purses, they opened their pocketbooks. They were not stingy and hoarding everything to themselves. But when God touched their hearts, they said, Lord, whatever we have, it is yours to use however you wish. And it is always a sign that God's moved in a person's heart When they begin to open their pocketbook, they begin to open their purse, they begin to open their wallet, and they say, Lord, everything that I have is at your disposal. And that's what happened in the early church. And I want to give you a testimony. When Denise and I were first married, and our pastor began to preach from Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, which says, be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. We were in a very old traditional church that was pretty stingy in its giving. And that's why the pastor was preaching. He wasn't after people's money. He wanted people to be blessed. And he knew that if people would be generous, God would respond by being generous to them. So he began to preach. Whatsoever man sows and sows and sows and sows, that shall he also reap and reap and reap and reap. And finally, one man in the congregation got the revelation. And he gave a huge, sacrificial, generous gift. And when the pastor announced that such a gift had been given, suddenly God began to move upon the congregation. And week by week, we saw that old church, which had been rather stingy, become extremely generous with God. It was amazing. And guess what happened in that church? When people opened their pocketbooks and became generous with God, it was like God said, I really like what's going on there. I'm going to come down there, visit them, and now I'm going to be generous with them. And that is because God is generous with the generous and the power of the Holy Spirit was poured out on that old traditional denominational church. Miracles began to happen. The altar was filled with people walking the aisles to give their lives to Christ. It is amazing what we witness take place when people became generous with God. God showed up and God became generous with people and God became generous with that church. And I have learned in life that the more you give, the more that comes back to you because God is the greatest giver in the universe and He won't let you outgive Him. Just go ahead and try, see what happens. You're going to find out you cannot outgive God. And that is why Jesus taught in Luke 6, verse 38 your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. And I want to say it again if you're generous with God, God is going to show you how generous He wants to be with you. But it also means if you are stingy and your giving is stingy as a result, what comes back to you may be dramatically less. And we find this very clearly stated in Scripture. In 2 Corinthians, chapter 9, verse 6, the Apostle Paul repeated this truth, and he said, He that sows sparingly shall reap sparingly. It's talking about money. It means if you give a little, you're going to reap a little. Now, God is so good, He's going to see to it that you reap whatever you sow. But if you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. But it goes on to say, He that sows bountifully shall reap bountifully. Or I like to translate it, He that sows generously shall reap generously. How can you argue with that? That is exactly what 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 6 says. It couldn't be any clearer. It means if we're stingy, we're going to experience stingy results. But if we are generous, we're going to experience the generous supply of heaven. But let me use the example for a moment of the Dead Sea. I don't know if you've ever been to Israel, but the Dead Sea is quite a sight to see. And of course, it is dead. It is amazing that the Jordan River flows into the Dead Sea. The Jordan River is alive. The Jordan River is filled with fish. It's filled with all kinds of life. But when it flows into the Dead Sea, it becomes dead. There's nothing living in the Dead Sea. Do you know why? Because the Dead Sea has no outlet. It is just a receiver. It receives and receives and receives and receives. Everything flows into the Dead Sea. It is a taker. It is a receiver. But there's no outlet. It flows nowhere. And because of that, it does not have the ability to produce life. And scientists say that if an outlet could be provided for the Dead Sea and water could flow out, the waters of the Dead Sea would come alive. And my friends, I believe God gave us the Dead Sea as an example of what we're not supposed to be. God never intended for a Christian just to be on the receiving side. I want, I want, I want, I want, taking, 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 taking. God intends for it just to flow right through us. And just like we have generously received, we need to generously give. And as long as we're giving, we will spiritually remain vital and vibrant. That is the truth, my friends. Wow, that's pretty powerful. But when Christians just invest in themselves, spend on themselves, or spend on their own family, my friends, this is not what God intended. This is not how He made us. And in all the years that I've served the Lord, I have learned this one thing it is not humanly possible for you to ever outgive God. And in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, Jesus said, For where your treasure is, Exactly there where your treasure, your cash, your resources, your investments, where you put your money will reveal where your heart is. So, according to Jesus, what a person does with his money reveals what is inside his heart. I also find it interesting that stingy people, when they do something for somebody that's small, they think they've done something really huge. But when a person does, something generous because they have a generous attitude, they always wish they could have done more. The generous are not thinking about how little they can give. They're always thinking about, oh, I wish I could have done more. It's because that is the attitude of their heart. And by the way, generosity is not just about what you give to the ministry or what you give to the Lord or what you give to the church. Generosity is demonstrated in what kind of tip you leave in a restaurant, what kind of tip you leave. For the person that cuts your hair or colors your hair, if a person's put gas in your tank, what kind of a tip did you give him? Generosity, my friends, it's not just an act. It flows from the heart. It is an attitude. And when you are a generous person, you want to be a blessing to everybody that you meet. And when you're generous, God will be generous with you. That is the clear teaching of Scripture. And I want to ask you, if you asked God today, God, am I generous or am I stingy? How would God answer you? It's important that you ask that question, because God is generous with the generous. And if you want God to be generous with you, then you need to be a generous person. So maybe you need to ask the Lord, Lord, what kind of person am I? Am I stingy? Or do you see me as being generous, and you need to respond well to whatever the Lord says to you. But listen to this in Proverbs 11, verse 24 and 25. It says, one gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered, which means what you do for others is what's going to happen to you. In Proverbs 22, verse 9, it says, Whosoever has a generous or bountiful eye will be blessed. When you're generous, you see things differently. You're looking for opportunities to be a blessing. And in Psalm 112, verse 5, it literally says, God will come to those who are generous. When you are generous, God's going to be generous with you, and you are going to have a blessed life. I'll be back in just a moment and I want to
1: pray for you. What does the Bible really mean when it says God will open the windows of heaven over the lives of those who are givers? And how do you know if the windows of God are closed or open over your life? Rick Renner says years ago I didn't understand how vital it was that I sowed into the kingdom of God and as a result Denise and I lived sad financial lives but a day came when the Holy Spirit showed me the powerful results that take place when you become a regular giver the day Denise and I began to give we discovered the key that opens the window of heaven In this series, How to Open the Window of Heaven Over Your Life, Rick covers that God is generous with the generous, how God responds to sacrificial giving, how to open the window of heaven over your life, what Jesus said about giving, what the Apostle Paul said about giving. Available in digital or physical format starting at just $10, this series will be a blessing to anyone who is ready to enter a new realm of the abundant life. In addition to this teaching series, You can also purchase the book, A Life Ablaze, for $18. In this powerful book, Rick lays out everything you need to stay on fire with the Holy Spirit's power for years to come. Don't miss this special offer. Order the series, How to Open the Window of Heaven Over Your Life, and the book, A Life Ablaze. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now.
0: Hey, friends and partners, this is Rick and You can probably see my breath because it's minus nine here right now, but I'm standing in the new building for our Moscow TV studio and I want to say thank you to you for all of your sacrificial giving, for being a part of our giving team. Phase one, enabled us to construct this building and it is completely paid for the building itself the windows the doors all the way to the roof even the heating system and in phase one we were enabled to purchase our building in Tulsa and now we have secured it but now in phase two we need to finish the interior of this building we can't move into it the way that it is today but my friends in a very short time We're going to have cameras working in this building and from this location. We're going to be sending teaching that people can trust to the ends of the planet. And the focus of phase two is finishing this facility. And as I told you before, it's not about buildings. It's about having a building so that we can create programming that will change people's lives. And I'm asking you to please pray about being a part of the giving team to finish phase two, which is completing the interior of this building. And I promise you, we will be so careful with every penny and every dollar you give. We understand the value of money. And we're going to pray for God to magnificently and massively multiply your giving back to you again. Thank you so much. Please become a part of our giving team to finish phase two as we complete the interior of the Moscow TV studio. Today, I started a brand new series called How to Open the Window of Heaven Over Your Life. And the subtitle says, What the Bible Really Says About Giving. And today we've seen that God is generous with those who are generous. And if you want to have a blessed life, then you have to become a generous person person. Please order this because money affects every part of our life. And if we want to have a lot of money and enough money to pay our bills and be a blessing to somebody else, then we need to know what God really says about giving and how to open that window of heaven over our lives. I rarely teach on this, but I believe it is so important. I'm putting this into an entire series and I want you to order it by going online or by giving us a call. And remember, That it comes with a study guide. And right now, we're also offering you my book, which is called A Life Ablaze. The subtitle says 10 Simple Keys to Living on Fire for God. Hey, friend, you're supposed to live on fire, not reflect back on when you were on fire. You're supposed to stay on fire, and you can. If you know what fuels to put into your spiritual oven, and that's what this is about, 10 spiritual fuels to keep you on fire to the end of your life, please order yours by going online or by giving us a call right now. And my friend, when you reach out to us, please let us know how to pray for you because we want to pray for you. But Father, I thank you right now that you are generous with the generous Lord, help us to have a generous eye to see how we can be a blessing to you and how we can be a blessing to others. And we ask you in response to pour your generosity out in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll see you tomorrow. But remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there is power.